IMDB can suck my dick. Every day is diehard for her, as far as the F-bombs go. I bought many a VHS there and shoved them down my shorts. In my very young pubic hair area. What are you, what are you talking about? One that I could easily, more easily shove down my pants. I don't ever want to hear the word musky again. So I guess me and Ricky have something in common. It would have to be in my shorts. It's been a day, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I walked across the street to pick up the kids and almost threw up on my way back home. Just because allergies and drainage and my throat closes up and then I... My body's reaction to that is, oh, it's pukey time. Even Ugh. though there's nothing wrong with my stomach, it's just my throat gets closed up. And, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll fix that. Yep. Yeah. My new e-cig, by the way, um, it is like the flash drive from hell. It is the flash drive from hell. It's, and I don't have it here. I, I, I literally, I'm like, I'm not going to use that during the podcast because it makes me too lightheaded and queasy. Like, nope, nope. That's reserved for when I'm drinking it late at night and watching movies so I can pass out too. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like the guy warned me. I'm like, look, this thing that I'm giving blowjobs to, it does not work. This thing doesn't work. Like I keep on puffing on it and just sucking this thing. And there's, I, I get vapors, but I'm not getting enough throat hit. I'm like, I want that nicotine hit. And he's like, ah, I got the thing for you then. He's like, here you go. He's like, now you're going to have to get different uh, e-liquid. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh. Like, I always have to get new shit. Every time I get another e-cig, it's a different thing. He's like, no, just trust me. He's like, he's like, this is the easiest thing to use. You don't even have to press a button to suck in the vapors. He's like, and you fill up the thing. And he's like, after X amount of uses, you just throw away the little liquid filter and put another filter on. He's like, there's no maintenance on this thing at all. He's like, and the best news is, he's like, the vapor, the nicotine hits are so intense. He's like, usually two hits and you're good to go. I'm like, yeah, right. Sure. Like, y'all say that same thing. And then I, then I start token on it and it's like, Nothing. I'm I'm giving this thing deep throat, and I'm not getting any e-cig hits. I want nicotine hits, and so I on the way home from buying it. This was on Sunday. I just like just took a little puff, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, pay attention, focus on the road, focus on the road. It was like I like in the time span of three seconds, I inhaled like an entire cigarette. I it, and I'm like, this is this is just wonderful. Just just. The best way that I could have possibly spent 40 bucks on Sunday. It was great. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So anyway, now it's, <laughs> I mean, now, now the, uh, the old e-cig is relegated to my office for my podcasting and PS4 playing in the, the new guy. He's, that's my new love affair. That's, that's downstairs. Nice. Anyway, there you go. There's my, I actually, I was like, I, I'm not sure. Do you ever toke on e-cigs or are you done completely? I'm done. I don't do anything. I mean, every once in a while, I might hit an e-cig, but that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well out. I'm pretty happy with that. Oh man, how can you do it? Oh, how can you do it? Don't you uh, miss the that same, nicotine? The same way that I quit. The same way that I quit smoking weed. I just did. You mm. just do. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, my daughter asked me the same thing. Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard? And I was like, just like, no, no, it wasn't hard. You know why? Because every time I smoked a cigarette, I would have like. Such intense headache the next day. Like, it usually only happened here in the last year or two. It was only if I got 
good and hammered, you know, and yeah. I was out with the neighbors and the lawn and yada yada. Yeah. Uh, then I'd have one, and then the next day, just raging headache. As soon as I'd wake up and feel like a cat shit in my mouth, and just awful. But and you know that these, now, these things, that they take care of all. I mean, that's now you're just getting the straight nicotine. Like, I, I feel fine. Yeah, but it, it still has a weird feeling on my throat. Yeah. Like, my throat makes my throat close up a little bit. Yeah. Man, yeah. I, I, I smoked since I was, well, regularly since I was like 16. Okay. I'm, I'm, I put in my time on that. I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. just, every now and then I'll hit a real light e-cig, but that, I'm honestly, it's been months since I've done that. Ooh. It's been, uh, since last night. But I, I, I still try to, like, relegate it to, it, it's almost never during the day. It's actually usually, like, when I, when I start watching a movie in the evening or like maybe before supper, if I have a glass of wine, I'll took on the e-cig a little bit um, or during the podcast. But I mean, I've cut way back. I mean, they're back in the day. I mean, I remember when I lived in Florida and I remember one night I'm like, oh, this is my last cigarette uh, out of my, uh, oh, what was I smoking? Probably Winston's at the time. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm done smoking now. And that was it. I haven't had a cigarette since then. That was just like, I, that was just my decision. I was smoking it outside Drinking a beer, and I'm like, eh, this is my last cigarette. Fuck it, why not? I'm just quit because why not? And yep. But uh, but then they, I mean, the e-cigs. I that's man. I I can tell I am addicted to nicotine. Um, and it's just with my personality, I need that. I don't know that that. Dude, I'm barely even drinking coffee anymore. Like it just makes my it makes me shake. Yeah. Like oh, it is has such an effect on me that I I don't like the feeling of it. Oh. Yeah. oh, here comes wife and kids that I'm sure are just, just raging, raging, pissed off. Oh, <laughs> good times. Yeah. I, bu- I, I bought a, here, I got to say this real quiet because the kids are out there, but I bought an Xbox 360 today. Oh, for them? The Chris- Christmas shopping has begun. Well, Santa's leaving it for the family. I'm not going to say for them because then they'll try and take it when oh. they, you know. I thought you had one, or did you... Oh, I've been through, like, seven of them. Oh, okay. Uh, and the kid... Haven't I told you about this, that I was going to get one for Christmas? Um, I don't... I thought you... Uh, I got the, the... I broke out the Sega Genesis, and the boys have been playing Sonic, and they love Sonic. Oh, I, maybe I you play... did say that. Yeah, well, I got this th- Xbox 360 disc with all the Sonic games on it. A whole bunch of Genesis games. And it was actually cheaper to buy a new 360 than it is to go buy the Sonic carts for Genesis. Because they're nostalgia factor now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I went to an exchange. I got a whole stack of shit I've been planning on trading in to go towards that because I thought it would probably be like 150 bucks. Oh no, I could have got one for 50 bucks if I wanted to. One, it just was like a four gig hard drive. The one with a 250 hard drive was uh, 75 bucks, and they found a, they gave me one for 70 in a box. I was like, hell yeah, take it right now. Now I got a. Now, now I'm thinking, what 360 games did I miss? Because I missed half that console's life because mine were always dead. Yeah. And it was like, so I started looking through the games. It's like, oh, Halo 4, $3. Mm. <laughs> I am going to go trade in this stack of crap and buy Dad a bunch of games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, no, there was no PS4 games for me on the Christmas list. This was straight up all movies. I mean, I finally like a, a ten, tennis shoes, also tennis shoes, I guess. You know what, that Spider-Man game? I... No, I'm good. I, Friday the Thirteenth oh. is the only thing I play right now on that, and it's I I am in such I am in such a movie hoarder slash collector mode right now that I, and these this shit is so expensive that I'm like that's all I'm asking for is these these 
niche title movies. That's it. So I'm sure my mom had a wonderful time looking at my Christmas list this year. Yeah. I didn't even get one put out. My my wife was like, no, I'm done shopping for you. You're not getting much. So I'm kind of hoping for a PS4, but <laughs> <laughs> the way yeah. she says you're not getting much is with a smile like I got you something. Something cool. Um, probably not, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Oh, and by not the way, not, I'm sure it'll be something cool. I mean, probably not a PS4. <laughs> That'd be pretty uh, awesome, though. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, they're great machines. Mine's kicking back right now here, just waiting for me to play more Jason. <laughs> Which, that's actually probably going to go away because I'm canceling my uh, my PlayStation Network yearly. So I'm like, I don't need to pay 70 bucks a year just to play Friday the 13th sometimes. or whatever. I never use it. And I'm like, yeah, it's free. I, but once you get rid of the service, then you... You lose all those games that you've downloaded from the site for free. Oh, really? Yeah, which I uh, and I'm fine. I I don't like I I already have enough bills to pay that I'm like a yearly PlayStation subscription. Nah, I don't need it. I I wouldn't pay for it. No, so I don't play that. I don't play enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Friday the Thirteenth game is awesome, but I'm like I can find that used. I'm sure for probably twenty bucks, if not cheaper. The what? What game? Sorry, I was doing something. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, yeah. That's like the 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 most I have ever played this thing is that and the first Tomb Raider, which was a port from the previous console. Mm-hmm. And in Star Wars Battlefront. I just I don't I don't play video games that much. I love them, but I just if I have any free time at all, it generally goes to movies. It that's usually where my free time goes is watching movies. Yep, they are a time vampire. I I've been trying to play more lately because I've got so many games for PS3 that I haven't played yet. And lately it's just oh Pop in Red Dead Redemption, the f- part one, and I'll just do a couple of missions, and it's like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my wife got me Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and I played it a little bit, and it is awesome and gorgeous. This was last year for Christmas. I I bet I've played that game a total of one hour since I bought it, since I got it. I, I just, I, I don't have the time. Like I, like I said, I would want to watch movies. <laughs> yeah. So, but I still love my PlayStation 4, and, you know, I'm going to keep it, and eventually the kids will probably inherit that thing, because... I'm not going to get rid of that thing. Yeah, don't. Never get rid of your consoles. I know. I, I, I still I, regret getting rid of some of my other consoles. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm Eugene. And are you ready to get into the show? How are you doing, sir? Um, Not bad. Not bad. Tomorrow, I actually, I have a video shoot at um, a uh, local church that we attend, uh, and uh, they want to do a segment on my tattoos. So that's going to be interesting. Really? Yeah, they want to just do a, a video about my tattoos and what they mean, which should be interesting because, like, there is no spiritual meaning. If that's what you're looking for, I like movies, and this is my Florida sleeve. So we'll see how that turns <laughs> out. I, I, okay. But, I mean, I, I'm sure that it's because of the, I, I don't, I, here I, I I'm sure it's, it's going to wind up on no the cutting idea. room floor or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but. I think they just the the series is called Inked, like the 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 series of that this preacher is going to be talking about is called Inked, and so they want some people that have tattoos, and so I got they're like, how about you? Like, okay, but I mean, here's Boba Fett, here's Jaws, here's the Enterprise, here's a Klingon ship, and then a whole bunch of underwater crazy shit. I, it, it could have been a hot, whole lot more interesting if you still had here's Johnny. Oh no, <laughs> shit! <laughs> now I do have Joe's angel on my back and the dragon, so I could, I suppose I could probably do something with that. But it's like those are kind of the lesser tattoos versus the really you know these. 
So yeah. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. There you go. That's how I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and over here, I'm just counting down the days to the end of the year. That's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've got uh, twelve left until I'm free of this contract. And my new job starts. And I uh, had a little meeting with the boss the other day. Went really well. Really looking forward to moving on with my life. Yeah. I say this every time you bring this up. I yep, say I've been there, done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah. Are you ready to go to the roulette? Let's do it. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Okay, on this episode of the roulette, it is the lobster up against Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. And you get to go first, sir. Tell us about Mowgli. Mowgli. Um, so this one here, had, we're both in agreement here. This thing was supposed to get a theatrical release, correct? I think so. Okay. That's what I thought, too, and I'm almost 100% positive. I saw this trailer in front of something that we saw a while ago. Uh, but then it kind of vanished, and, you know, there was some online chatter about, oh, they're going to shelve it for a little bit just to give it some distance in between Disney's Jungle Book, uh, just so that, you know, people not may not forget, but just to give it that space. And I understand that. I totally get why they did that. Um, having said that, even though there was a nice stretch in between, the entire time I was watching this, uh, Andy Serkis directed uh, sort of kind of retelling of The Jungle Book. It Every frame of it is in the shadow of Disney's superior Jungle Book. It just is. Uh, the John Favreau version is bigger in every sense. The effects are better in every sense. The story is better. The kid actor, mm, about the same. Wooden. Uh, this, the story here is, you can tell that Andy Serkis went a lot darker. But the motion capture, I hate to say this because Andy Serkis is awesome. He's such a cool dude. And I want, I want to like this movie. It's, it's okay. But the motion capture, something about it, and my wife watched it with me, and she's like, something is off on all of their faces. She's like, I can't put my finger on what it is, but it's kind of off. And he, he obviously, he, he was doing something different than what, what Disney did. Or at least it looks very different. It almost looks more like humanized faces on these animals. Maybe, kind of, but it just, it's weird looking. Um, a lot of British actors or British accents, which is fine. I mean, we got uh, Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Naomi Harris, uh, Eddie Marvin. And there's, there's a bunch of, like, it just seems like everybody talks British. <laughs> and that's cool, it's fine, but it, I, something's off. Something's off with the movie. It tries to be way darker. Uh, like Baloo, for example, I'm gonna use, uh, uh Baloo and, uh, Bag Here. You know, those characters from the jungle, yes, correct? Yes. Okay. They're just, like, they, they look scary, I guess. And I'm sure in this, in this set, it's fine, but I, everything about it, I, I go back to the Disney version, the Disney animated version and the Disney live action and the books that I grew up with reading. And it's like, this is just, it's, it's just not the jungle book that I like. Um, and I hate to give it a bad review, but it's just, it wasn't really for me. The, it is just, 
in the shadow of, of Disney's Jungle Book. Every every frame of it was just a shadow of Disney's Jungle Book. I, uh, I, I will say this. The best part of the movie, by far, was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, Shere Khan. I really liked the CGI on... On... Is that a tiger or a lion or whatever? It, the, yeah, yeah. I want, uh, tiger, I want to say? Yeah. Um, but it, they bring in some Ameri- or they bring in some more uh, human actors towards the end, and it's it's kind of shoehorned in to just wrap things up. And they're trying to change like it's a bit different than the other version, uh, King Louis or whatever. I don't. There is no King Louis to my if I remember correctly, but it's different but the same. And just no, it, it didn't okay. quite work for me. It was. I, I mean, I give it just kind of a flat. If it would be on one to ten scale, it'd give it a five, probably, maybe, okay. maybe six, just because I like Andy Circus. Uh, but I can, I can definitely see why this just kind of snuck out onto Netflix. Alrighty, <clears throat> and on my side, we had Colin Farrell in The Lobster. In a dystopian near future, single people, according to the laws of the city, are taken to the hotel where they are obliged to find a romantic partner in 45 days, or are transformed into beasts and sent off into the woods. Directed by Yorgos Lanthimos? Has he directed anything else we know? kind of feel like he did. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, was there anything else? Mm, I don't think so. I thought that Lobster was his first movie. I'll check while you oh, keep Oh, no, we, we got uh, My Best Friend, Kaneta, Dogtooth, Alps. Oh, Dogtooth, okay. Did you know that one? I don't know what that is. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I, that was, I think, kind of his first bigger movie that got yeah. some recognition. That's interesting. If you go to his page, it has the the posters for his films, and they're all very similar. I, I like. Oh symmetry. man, they are. You're right. I'm looking uh, at them here. I, I really like symmetry like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, the lobster. So Colin Farrell shows up at. Uh, we're probably going to go full spoilers on this because I'm going to explain. I got to explain the world to you so that I can kind of give you my review, and I'm not entirely sure how this review is going to go, so just bear with me. Colin Farrell shows up at this hotel. Uh, you know, he's in his 40s, and he's still single, so therefore you have to go find a mate, and if you can't find a mate, then you can't be in the city. For reasons, I guess. They never really explain that, it's just sort of the way they build the world. And for the first half of this movie, I was giving this a thumbs up. It is... A little bit, the term that everybody hates, artsy-fartsy, but you know what I'm talking about when I say that. It is a little bit. Uh But for the most part, it's all a big metaphor for relationships, is the way that I see it. Mm -hmm. By the rules of the hotel, things you are allowed to do and not allowed to do, and the way you're allowed to interact with some people and uh, not others, and all this kind of stuff. Every little thing they laid out, I kind of was chuckling, like, "Uh aha, okay, I get it. It's a metaphor for relationships, this, that, and the other thing. Then in the second half, like, okay, so the people in the hotel, on certain days, they go out into the woods to hunt the loners. They are people that chose to remain single and have left the hotel or whatever. And they go out and shoot them with darts, and then they're drugged back to the hotel, and however many you catch, you get that many days added to your time to find a mate. And then the loners are turned into animals. Of whatever animal they chose. Okay. So halfway through, then... Colin Farrell is, it's not going well, and reasons. And so he's. <laughs> oh, fucking dog, man. 
tricked her. I gave her a B-O-N-E. I have to say that because if I say the actual word, the one beside me will freak out. Oh, <laughs> so there's a dog beside you right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Colin Farrell was leaving the hotel. Yes, so he fled because he tried to fake his way into a relationship with lying and got found out. And she was going to tell, and so he ran away, became one of the, met the loners, became one of the loners. And then this is where the movie completely falls apart for me, in a manner of speaking. Like, the second half of the movie, I did not like at all. Uh, Well, I mean, I was okay with it until I was like, well, where is this going to go? I got to figure out where this is going to go, and then we'll see how it plays out. And where it went was nowhere. Uh, But (laughs) the, the loners laid out their rules for being a loner. Here are the rules for being a loner. You cannot be in a relationship. You cannot flirt with people. You cannot touch people. You cannot... Like, the whole point with leaving the hotel was because you hated the rules, and now you got the same set of rules. It just didn't make any sense. Even in the relationship metaphor that they were building for the whole movie, it was like, what are you talking about? Like, if you want to go be alone, and that's fine, but if you also are alone and happen to find somebody you like, what's the problem? Like, you guys are rebelling against all of society. Why do you have so many rules? Anyway... So he gets into a relationship, of course, with Rachel Weiss, and then the leader of the loners starts suspecting, and <sighs> one of the things that drew them together is that they're both nearsighted, Colin Farrell and Rachel Weiss, and then they were getting along just great. And for whatever reason, the leader didn't, I mean, that's breaking the rules, I guess, so she takes her to get LASIK surgery, I guess, and instead tells the doctor, mm, blinder. And so the doctor blinds her, and then Colin Farrell's trying to help her because she's blind, and they run away, and they go to a cafe, and they're sitting there, and he's like, okay, well, I'll be right back. And he goes into the bathroom with a knife, a steak knife, and is pointing it into his eyes because he's going to blind himself so that they are the same again. And uh, Oh, roll, this, I'm frustrated roll, listening to you. Roll, roll credits. Roll credits. That was the end of the movie. I was like, what? What? That makes no sense at all. Like, you have to, I mean, unless everybody's a psychopath in this universe, which they kind of are. Why? I mean, I understand you want to be like your partner and whatever, but you don't have to be blind with, I don't know. It was so, it didn't make sense. And it was like, what are you guys going to do now? The city's going to reject you and you're both going to be blind and then you're going to get captured. Great. Yeah, I just, I did not get the second half of this movie. I thought it went away from the uh, logic of the first half that they were setting up of the whole world of the universe. And then it just, they didn't stick with those rules. I I thought it should have been more anarchy with the loners, but it wasn't. It was just as strict. Oh, but Hmm. don't you see? That's the whole point. It's just as hard being single as it is in a relationship. It was uh, lost on me, and I've been both single and I'm currently married. So I got a lot of the metaphors of the relationship stuff, but two hours, man, that second half was dragging and not funny. Then there was also stuff like even in the first half that didn't make sense. Like they caught John C. Riley jerking off in his bedroom. You're not allowed to do that. You know, that's the one of the rules of the house. Yes, I know. Okay, well, now, now here's your punishment. And this is in a middle of a dining room. We're surrounded by people. Everybody has their own table. And they bring out a toaster. And they put it on the table. And three people stand around him. 
and, okay, now put your hand in the toaster. So he, no, I don't want to. So people grab him and shove his hand into the toaster, and then they start the toaster, and he starts going, ow, 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 and then more people help hold the hand into the toaster until he just burns the shit out of his fingers, I guess. And then uh, in the next scene, he's wearing a bandage. Like, that's your punishment for jerking off, is you put your hand in the toaster and get burned. What's the metaphor there? Like, I don't even know what, I don't, I don't know what the metaphor is that you're trying, that you're reaching for. So, uh, the lobster, ladies and gentlemen, it's not for everybody. Not for me. Um, 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 <laughs> uh, the technicals were all, were all fine. The acting was fine. I just, this was just not for me. I, yeah. I it probably really hit home with somebody, but. Well, a lot oh, it of people, did. I think. It, it did well with the art house crowd. I'm seeing a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. So, not exactly blowing it out of the water. Okay, are you ready to move on to the next round? Sure. Take us there, Eugene. Uh, first thing uh, we got is Goldstone from 2016. And this one here, we played at the theater I used to work at. It was one of my picks and i i haven't seen it but i will say that the crowds that did see it uh all gave it really really high marks uh, it's 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 got some good from what i hear some really really good action scenes in it and uh, the the storyline sounds really really good this is directed from by ivan sen and it's an australian movie uh indigenous detective jay swan arrives in the frontier town of goldstone on a mission on a missing person's inquiry, what seems like a single... Ugh, good God, Eugene. Get your shit together. What seems like a simple, light-duty investigation opens a web of crime and corruption. Jay must pull his life together and bury his differences with his young local cop, Josh. With his young local cop. God almighty. Uh, anyway, Goldstone. It looks awesome. It Seriously, the looks badass. Uh, next up, American Heist. And... Oh, good, good. This is, I'm on, you know, IMDB can suck my dick. It, it, okay, hold on. Let me go to Netflix. Let me go to Netflix. Awful, awful. Go to Instant Watcher, dude. That's the best one. Okay, hold on. I mean, I type in, I type in American Heist and a kid's cartoon comes up. No, there's nothing in the title. That it, I'm more interested in seeing that film. <laughs> American Heist. Grumpy old man. Uh, here it is. Okay. 2014. An ex-con is just getting his life back on track when his older brother is released from prison and drags him into the underworld for one final heist. Starring Adrian Brody. And that's all you need. Well, and Hayden Christensen, I guess. So, there you go. 94 minutes. Uh, hey. I, I might have seen this movie. Really? I might have seen this. might have been on the roulette already. <laughs> My bad. No. Okay. Yep. Well. Oh, I remember. Oh, I watched this piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You can you just go carry on. We can delete that one. That one was my fault. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Son of a Gun from 2014. A young petty thief who received protection from a notorious inmate in jail is forced to spring his defender from prison and help pull off a heist. And this is a Ewan McGregor movie, which is good. And it's 109 minutes. That's kind of long, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there you go. And just because 
Why not? Um, I guess the third movie will be Monty Python's Life of Brian. You haven't seen that, right? Oh, wow. Curveball. No, I haven't. Okay, well, there you go. There's number three. <laughs> oh, damn. You really cur- – whoa. How long? Hold on. Hey, See, and it kind, of, it kind of a little tiny bit goes with the season. It's not a Christmas movie, but there's some Christ stuff in there, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> you know what? I'll take Life of Brian. Wow. <laughs> now, that is on Netflix, right? Yeah. Just, just freewheeling by the seat of our pants. Yep. That is my favorite by far well, – not by far, but that is my favorite Monty Python movie. I, I guess I was supposed to read. Movie. I guess I was supposed to read your movies before I picked, but uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, I guess. Uh, okay, coming your way. Damn it. Here we go. Kill the Messenger. In the 1980s, a crusading journalist uncovers secret CIA funding for Nicaraguan rebels, but the powers that be silence his investigation. Starring Jeremy Renner, Rosemary DeWitt, Ray Liotta, Tim Blake Nelson, 110 minutes. Uh, Amityville, it's about time. Of course it is. 95 minutes. Jacob Sterling brings home a mysterious clock from the infamous Amityville house, not knowing it's haunted by demonic spirits. And lastly, Sad Hill Unearthed, which is probably going to be on the roulette until somebody watches it. 83 minutes, an eclectic group of fans of 1966, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, attempt to restore the cemetery set in Spain where the movie's climax was filmed. I think that's just cool. There you go. Okay. Uh, that was a good uh, assortment of movies there. I will take Amityville. It's about time because it's early 90s, uh, direct to video horror, so it probably isn't good. So why don't I? Let's waste 90 minutes on that. Sure. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Okay, there you go. Next week on the roulette, it'll be Life of Brian up against Amityville. It's about time. What a title. Whew. Because it, cause it's about time. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other clock puns. It's, nope, just devil clock. That's just, just devil clock from, just from the early flannels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, ready to move on to the next segment. This was suggested by TJ. He said, how about you each pick a good, bad movie and talk about it? So you get to go first. What have you brought for your good, bad movie to discuss? Okay, so I'm just going to kind of wing it here as far as my history with this movie and what the movie means to me and all of that, all, everything that it, it entails, if that makes sense. Yeah. And why I, why I think it's great. Sure. We're just winging okay. it on this segment. It's the first time, you know. Okay. And if I get too long with it, just say, okay, you time out, let's, let's move on because I can be diarrhea mouth. I will. So, I will. Okay. Um, my movie is Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 from 1987. And this one, I, it, immediately, that's the first thing that I thought of as soon as I got this suggestion. I'm like, well, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 because it is notorious for being a complete piece of shit. But it's incredibly fun. And my history with the movie. So... A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, I watched the original Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and completely fell in love with it. We're talking, like, I was, when I saw the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, it came out in 1984. My first experience with the movie was a movie poster uh, when I went to watch some movie with my parents. And this was me at the ripe old age of 10 years old. I'm like, well, whatever that is on the wall, I have got to see that because it's a Santa Claus arm holding an axe, and that looks awesome. So... 
I saw it and I loved it. Cut to a couple of years later, I'm actually at the local mall uh, in Dover. The Monroe Mall is what it was called. They used to have this huge VHS store in there, and it was huge. It was and called I just, wait Monroe Mall, really? The Monroe Mall in uh, Dover, New Philly area. Yeah, I mean that just shut down long, long, long ago. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is not the, the, the. Yeah, this is the old school one here. I thought it's but, a new town, isn't it? Yeah, that's the new mall. This is okay. the Monroe Mall, the old mall. But this mall had, and like their horror section was like that. All I would do is like we would go there. My mom and dad would go. I was young, and they would just like, okay, kids, bye. And I would just make a beeline to this to this VHS store, and I would just read the back of every horror movie box. I would just study them, just study every one. Well, one day. There was a poster for Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. And this, this is way before the internet and all that stuff. So, you know, I... I'm still, I'm still stuck on Monroe Mall. Give me a sec. So, did, did they have, like, brown, tan, tile floor? Oh, that sounds right. It was very brown. Lots, and yeah, lots, lots of lots of brown. brown there. And they had, a, a, a like, an Aladdin's Castle arcade. Or there was they, an arcade there? Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was, like, on the corner by one of the entrances. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah, I've uh, been where so was long. it? I remember that place, but I'm trying to remember where it was yeah. at. Oh, I bought many a VHS there and shoved them down my shorts. <laughs> so did they demolish the place? Or um, I'm not sure if it's still standing or if they did like if it's something else. But gosh, I was, remember that place, dude. Oh yeah, I, I mean seriously, like some of my best memories of which is sad uh, as a kid are at the Monroe Mall, at the VHS store, reading the back of Toxic Avenger, and especially the bottom row, they all had the big box VHSs. Those were the like the the really gory VHS boxes. Zombie and Dr. Butcher and uh, Zombie Chef from Hell and uh, Headless Eyes and all these crazy gory boxes. The how, H, how, many, the, how many of VH, uh, the VHSs you shoved down your crotch uh, do you still have? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night... Uh, parts one and two, and I'm not sure. Do I still have Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two? Um, I mean, would you say you had, still have the majority of them, or probably, yeah. And I mean, I'm talking like I would put them like they were in my very young pubic hair area. Like I had the, like so they wouldn't <laughs> slide down my pant legs. I'm, this is this is the honest to god truth. Like so, Silent Deadly Night was the first one that I bought there, and this was when they decided to go sell through. Like so, they dropped the price, and they actually live entertainment. Uh, or IVE or whatever, they re-released it after USA, the big box USA was done. Then they released it in a, you know, a smaller version, one that I could easily, more easily shove down my pants. And so, like, I remember, I, I would, it would have to be in my shorts because I would have to zip up my coat then or whatever, or I would have to make it look like there's nothing, I'm not carrying anything. And, you know, I paid for this stuff, so I also had to be careful where I shoved it down my pants because, are you stealing something? Well, no, I paid for it, but I can't, you know, you know, like it's. Yeah, yeah. I'm juggling that fine line of I'm, I paid for it. I if if someone corners me and questions me, what did you shove down your pants? I'm screwed because then my mom and dad me blah 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 blah, and yeah, it yeah. doesn't work. So anyway, Silent Deadly Night Part Two poster is on the wall, night, and it's right beside. I remember it so vividly. It's right beside this poster was Slaughter High. I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm in heaven. Like, uh, I want to see these movies so bad, and I had no information on them. Like, it's like. Every now and then at Walden Books or whatever, I would grab a Fangoria and flip through it as fast as I could. But Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 uh, didn't get much, if barely any, recognition, which half the movie is Part 1. So anyway, I wanna, I'm 
yapping here. So no, no, finally, great. finally, it comes out on VHS, and I, dear God, did I buy that thing right away, or how did I watch that uh, for the first? Um, I think that I went to my one friend's that I watched the original. Yeah, I, that's how I did it. The my my one friend that I his mom let us rent Silent Night Deadly Night. Uh, she let us rent Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two, and. I'm like, this is, this is the best thing ever. Somehow this is even better than the first one because it's part one and then Ricky. Cause what could be better than half part one and then more Ricky, uh, then Ricky doing his thing. And so I bought it on sell through uh, for 20 bucks a much. I still have that VHS, the original. And I watched that thing over and over. And then I, one of my friends watched it as well. So I would have been. Okay, 13 years old-ish. And so we had a big VHS camcorder. And my, my buddy and I, we would go down to our basement. And we would set up this camcorder. And we would, we would act out scenes from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Thinking we were just the most clever motherfuckers. Like, oh, dude, we're, <laughs> this is so cool. Like, I'm Ricky and he's a psychiatrist. And we're spouting off lines. And then we're kind of, you know, fake killing each other. And somewhere, somewhere I still have those VHS tapes buried in my... Boxes of long lost memories. Oh, please, please dig them out. Yeah. I'm serious. I've got those VHS tapes in my house. I, I'm 100% sure I have them somewhere. But, uh, yeah, we're just us as little. Those you know. need to be on the internet. <laughs> oh, as just, soon uh, as possible. Zit face pencil dicks weirdos acting outside that deadline part two. But anyway, <laughs> so I watched this movie over and over and over and to the point where we could. My, my buddy and I, we could recite the movie almost word for word the whole way through. Uh, so, cut to the DVD days. I bought the DVD, and that's when I'm like, that's when I started to see the cracks, you know, in in the in the concrete here. I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't quite as good as I remember. Like, there's a lot of part one stuff, which is fine, but I already watched part one. I let's get on with the Ricky stuff, and boy, that that. Eric Freeman actor, boy, he really overacts. Like, and I used to be obsessed with this movie. Like, what else has Eric Freeman been in? So, I, what else has he been in? And I think that he was actually. I found out that this is now we're in the early days of the internet. I found out that he was in an unsolved mystery as as an actor, like in one of the unsolved mysteries episodes or something. That's not usually a good thing. No, no, it's not. Uh, let's see here. America's Most Wanted. America fights back. I'm guaranteed that's what it is. Anyway, uh, I just, I was obsessed with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, but I, it was starting to show its wear, and then I watched it last year, and I'm like, oh, this is just, just awful, awful, but I'm like, I love you, oh, I love it, and I, I should, by the next podcast, I will have the Blu-ray, I was purposely, I was not going to buy it, but then my friend uh, online sold it to me for a good price, because he knows how much I want this movie, and how pissed off I am at Scream Factory. He's like, dude, I'll sell you my copy for a good price, so you're good. So, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 lives on, and what I'm most looking forward to with the Blu-ray coming out, like, that I'm going to be watching is, there's, like, close to two hours of special features of interviews with Eric Freeman, interviews with the director. Uh, This was actually supposed to be a, like, a retooling of just Part 1. I think they were just going to I'm not sure how they were just going to remake part one or whatever, but they were like, well, let's just cut footage in from part one into the beginning. And it's Ricky doing his stuff. But they, I mean, they dialed the, like the crazy up to 11 on this movie with Eric Freeman. Like he's so, he overacts so 
so drastically, but that's half the reason the movie is so crazy awesome, because garbage day! And that's, like, that's just one of the lines that it, that, that's the line that this movie is remembered for, but literally everything that this guy says, everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is complete insanity. Complete, just red truck, red car. Good point. And it's like, <laughs> what? What? And, you know, like, do you, do you dream, Ricky? I don't sleep. Like, dude, okay. I, you, you don't sleep, okay. And lots of fuck yous and I'm pissed up. I love it. I love it. I would, that's like my life mission is to meet Eric Freeman in person. Just give him a great big hug. Oh, you crazy. He sounds crazy like the guy in Christine. None of these shitters ever got any, any of their oh, shitting yeah. over on me, these stupid shitters. <laughs> you're like, what are you, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> it's great. It's, and I, have, nothing... I haven't seen it. You always told me it was shit. Oh, it is, but it's the best kind of shit. Um, <laughs> you ser- seriously, you should watch it. I think that you, I'm, I'm positive you would get a kick out of this movie because it is, it's so crazy and just every decision that they made was wrong. And it's like one of those movies, but in, in a good way. There's actually one scene, uh, that, with a, a, to a flashback of Ricky, he goes on a killing run. This is the garbage day scene, and there's an there's actually a stunt in the movie, and I I hope that they talk about this on the Blu-ray, where I'm like I can't believe that the stuntman didn't get killed doing that scene because he's just you know he's firing his little little pop gun shooter, and this he shoots at a car, and the car starts to flip over, and the camera's not cutting, and Ricky or the stuntman just kind of just sidesteps, just briskly like boop, boop, sidesteps, and the car just misses him by inches is what, it, is what it looks like. And, like, that's there's that's not CGI. That's someone probably almost got their head chopped off right there by a yeah. car. But anyway, I love Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, warts and all. It's crazy. Uh, my history with the movie is, you know, again, me making stupid videos in my basement, uh, acting out this movie. <laughs> I love that. I have to see these videos. Oh, uh, there are some more. I'm just, it's incriminating stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> I have a whole office box full of it. <laughs> Uh, okay time out I gotta take this little dog out I I forgot to take him out today and he's gonna shit his pants if I don't okay well while Eric's gone I'm just gonna I'm on IMDB here and I'm just gonna read some of the quotes for Ricky's character from Silent Night Deadly Night Part 2 so and his last name is Caldwell by the way brother of Billy Um, obviously we got Garbage Day and then um, hello Ricky I'm your this is Henry Bloom the uh, the shrink Hello, Ricky. I'm your court-appointed therapist. My name is Dr. Henry Bloom. You can call me Henry, or if you want, you can just call me Doc. Ricky, fuck off, Doc. Um, let's see here. Ricky, uh, wielding his axe uh, towards Mother Superior in the film's climax. Spoiler, I guess. Uh, oh, Mother Superior, I've got a present for you. Oh, shit, he's back already. Damn it, I was going to keep going. Oh, well. <sighs> Damn it. Oh, he... Must have smelled the bone or something. He didn't want to go outside. He wanted to go in the living room with the other dog. So now she's all amped up and chasing him around. Pretty soon they're both just going to start barking like crazy. I just know it. <sighs> Yay! Fucking, fucking dogs. <clears throat> okay. And for me, I you had mentioned that you were bringing an older movie, so I thought I'd try and bring one a little more current. So I don't have a ton of history with this movie. I actually watched it for the second time Yesterday, so, uh, of course, my window closed, thank you for that, 
it's from 2015. And it's a sequel to an already unpopular movie that I have come around on and now kind of defend. That would be Hitman 2, Agent 47. <clears throat> an, an assassin teams up with a woman to help her find her father and uncover the mysteries of her ancestry. Uh, stars Rupert Friend, Hannah Ware, Zachary Quinto. And there was somebody else in this movie. Uh, of course, they're not in the right order. Okay. So, the first Hitman movie starred Timothy Oliphant, and that didn't really... That, that, that also I consider a good-bad movie. I think this movie goes a little bit more bonkers with it, as it should, because it's a video game movie. And when you're doing a video game movie that isn't... I don't know, not as revered as, you know, like Halo or something, you know, one of the greatest games of all time. You're doing uh, just an assassin thing. You should go for it. You should be a little bit fast and furious. You know what I'm saying? You know that you're kind of ridiculous, but embrace it. And I think that part two did that, whereas the first one tried to play it more serious all the way through. Uh, whereas the second one, they they almost are like superhuman. Like, there are times where he's like, just just feel it, just feel it. And it's like a group of people are hunting them in a factory. And so she closes her eyes and she's like, ah, 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 over there. And okay, then he goes and whips those people's ass. It's like, you gotta, it, it, the shit's ridiculous. But at the same time, it's kind of got that funny Fast and Furious feel where it's like, I don't really care. Or the car chases and the explosions and, and when stuff gets crazy, it turns to CGI. But it's this weird kind of quickly used CGI. So you can tell it's CGI, but at the same time, it still kind of works in a... Because uh, it, it doesn't look like total dog shit. It just it looks a little weird, but it, it just looks like over-the-top action. And it's fun. That's why it works, in my opinion. It, uh, the first one actually had some nudity and stuff, so that's where, you know, it was R-rated for that and for, like, shootings. Whereas this one's R-rated, it's there's no nudity, but it's just... How do I put it? I thought of a good comparison. Now, take this with a grain. It's got that violence that, like, John Wick did, where it's it's unforgiving. For example, he's fighting in this very several-story-tall room that has walkways all around the outside and steps down the middle. So every time that he punches a guy and throws him over the edge, he doesn't just fall over the edge. He falls down and, like, lands in the middle of the square of his back on the handrail of the next level, you know, where he almost, like, crunches mm -hmm. in half and then falls. Okay, then a couple of minutes later, he's fighting this other guy and knocks him over the railing. That guy falls and lands at a weird angle directly on his head on the handrail so that his neck snaps, like three quarters back the wrong way before he falls. You know, it's got that kind of violence where you're just like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's gory. I would just say that it is, it is intentional in its violence, which I really like it when they do that. You feel those hits. What else do I want to say in the positive bracket of this movie? Uh, the girl that whips some ass, you believe that she can whip some ass? It's not, even though she's a skinny little thing, you still, because of the storyline, you're like, eh, yeah, I mean, it's it's shot convincingly. It looks decent, I guess. You know, there are some times where you see girls whipping ass where you're just like, I don't think that 
95 pound princess is going to be putting 350 pound wrestler down like that. I just no. Uh, and that's not the case here. Good, um, uh, um, 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 good car chase scenes, motorcycle scenes, all that kind of jazz. That stuff's all on point. Some good helicopter action in the end. I mean, all in all, it's just, I enjoy this action movie. It's not the greatest thing ever. And look, it's got a 5.7 on IMDb. That's probably not wrong. It, okay, so some of the negatives. I even hesitate telling you this one because... I don't, if you point, sometimes some things, if you don't point it out to people, they won't notice, mm-hmm. or it, it won't be that bad, but if I point it out, then you're going to be looking for it, but the score of this movie sucks. I mean, it is just <laughs> generic rock jam that was made on a PlayStation 2. Oh, and it's I know what just you're talking like, about. Uh, yep. It's not good, but I, I, by the end, I was starting to smile at it. Uh, for the first half of this movie, too, it feels pretty generic action thriller, but then about the 40-minute mark, they take a couple twists and turns where you're like, okay, now this is getting fast and fury, furiously, or whatever you want to say. Like, it, it's taking it up the, the silliness up a notch, and then it gets more fun. Uh, the main actor, I, I don't know him from anything else, I don't think. Rupert Friend, he's replacing Timothy Oliphant from the first one. And I think he does, he fits the bill perfectly. I don't, he, I don't know. He's just, he's a little more cold, but he's not inhuman. Oliphant was, would smile here and there, or he was trying to act like he was cold, where it, it didn't quite buy it as much as I do with this guy. This guy, I just believe, will kill on a dime. And it's great. <laughs> uh, there is a little bit of John Wick kind of j- gun kata Gunplay, whatever the hell that was called from that Christian Bale movie. There is a bit of that in this movie, too. I wonder, did this come out after John Wick? When did John Wick come out? I feel like this was before, but I'm not sure. I mean, John Wick was, what, four or five years ago? This was 2015. John Wick was 2014. So that's probably Mm. copying off of John Wick. But it definitely has a little bit of that with the, man, I punch you in the stomach and then shoot you in the face. And then, you know, that kind of stuff that, that, that first action scene in the house. Good amount of that. And, hey, I don't even care if you're ripping off John Wick. If you're going to rip off a movie, might as well be a good one. Uh, And I would like you to watch this movie sometime. I think you'd get a kick out of it, just as a passing fancy. But I'm not sitting here going, I love this movie and it's one of my all-time favorite bad goods. No. Uh, Just one that I found recently. And and next time we play this game, which I'm sure we will, I'll dig up, I'll go for an old one. Something that's been shitty since we were children that I still love. And I can think of a few. Yeah. Oh, like I said, this was my Silent Night, the other night, part two. That was the first thing I popped into my head was, well, that. It has to be that. Uh, the first thing I pop, that po- always pops in my head is, might be on the next episode, House of the Dead. The, the first, oh, Yui Bowl. Oh, yeah, the first one that he made. Oh, <laughs> that movie is, it's a shit-tastic masterpiece. You know, I only watched it one time with you at Ned and Greg's, and I quite enjoyed it for what it was when we were watching. And we were, I'm sure, you know, hammered eating junk food, and I'm like, this is great! Yeah. Oh, it's a flaming piece of shit, but it's a great piece of shit. Yeah. But that's for next time. Okay, anything else you want to add for either, the, either of those movies? Uh, yeah, um, so I'm just going to, while you were gone, I was spouting off a couple of lines from Ricky from Sunday Deadly Night Part 2, so I want to do another one here real quick. I might even, I might... Maybe during my reviews, I might sprinkle a couple rookie quotes. Maybe. We'll see. 
uh, okay. through throughout there. So um, <clears throat> before you got before you came back, I was ready to to spout off this one. My old lady couldn't afford to send me to college, so I got a job. I was washing dishes and dumping trash, all sort of all sorts of shit like that. I think you're gonna like this next part. It sounded like some squirrel getting his nuts squeezed. And I'm pretty close to how he sounded in the movie. And if you don't believe me, watch the movie. Oh, I believe you. It sounds like he... I, I, he, he doesn't understand how to give an emotional delivery. So no, it's, it's, he's, it's over. He's angry. I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about the character. He's... He's angry at everyday things, but then we'll be calm maybe about angry things? Oh, you gotta watch it to find out. But that's, oh. so I got a job is one of my favorite lines of a movie ever because I'm like, really? That's, that should have been, so I got a job. But instead it's just dialed to, you know, dialed all the way to 11 and you just, you spittle flying out of his mouth when he says <laughs> it, I'm sure. Well, I'll it's, do that to my kids sometimes just to make sure that she's listening, really throw her off track. Like, Addison! She'd be like, what? I'd be like, you got good grades, good job! And she'd be like, oh, uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> So I guess me and Ricky have something in common. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hmm. And his first name is Eric. So. Hmm. Okay, uh, hmm. yeah. you go first for recently watched. Give us some garbage time. Okay. Well, so if you're saying garbage, I might as well start with garbage. Let's review Blood Theater. Why not? Uh, sure. Blood Theater is uh, a movie that exists that Vinegar Syndrome released, and because I'm, you know. A vinegar syndrome horror. All of a sudden, I had to buy this uh, piece of fucking shit. Oh, Rick Sloan, you. This is from the director of Hobgoblins, so I'll start with that. Um, you know Hobgoblins, right? It's on yeah, Mr. Yeah. Fence Theater. Yeah, nineteen eighty-four. Theater. Yes. An old movie house plagued with a history of unexplained tragedies is reopened with bloody history repeating itself. No, no, that's not accurate. Nothing. It's. It's nothing set in a building. It's just nothing but bad actors doing nothing. Just walking around, uh, trying to clean up the theater. There is no gore, uh, other than like this fake rubber head getting lobbed off in the end, I guess. Uh, a girl, oh, wait, a girl gets popcorned. Like a, a popcorn machine kills a girl, I think, kind of. 75 minutes, aka four hours of my life that I will never get back. It, it was, I've seen some shit, dude, but, I mean, this, this is in the bottom 100. <laughs> when the movie starts, the terror begins. <laughs> I love the taglines. It, 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 I was so wanting something. I mean, just at least give me some kills. There's nothing. It's just random lines of dialogue spout off. But the movie looks good. It looks really, really good and cleaned up. So it, back on the shelf it goes. To be watched back. again in a couple years. <laughs> mm, that's a, yeah, yeah, shit. <laughs> Another four hours of your life down the toilet. Oh. Okay, next up. Oh, that's blood. Whatever. Um, bear with me here. Uh, there's the movie I saw in the theater. I'm going to hit on that later on. Let's get a couple of the shit shows done here. Why don't we? Uh, blood Hook. Here's another shit show. Um, this is another Vinegar Syndrome movie. I think I reviewed this before on the show, but I didn't review the uncut version and cleaned up version. This is Troma. Uh, the version that I watched was off YouTube, and it was an hour and 32 minutes. This version that I watched was an hour and 51 minutes. Oof. Troma, slasher movie from 1986. 
that I originally went back to my look at my reviews and I think I gave it zero <laughs> zero stars. So I'm now on the Blu-ray. Uh, so during a local fishing contest, people are mysteriously dragged into the lake and killed with a giant fish hook. Uh, musky, musky something or lots of musky, musky madness talk in it. Um, eh, oh. Oh. So, please, please tell me it was a fish that was catching humans. Oh, dude, that would have made it awesome. Well, no, it wouldn't have made it awesome. It would have still sucked donkey balls, but it would have been better than what we got. Uh, so the, so the killer's motive for, for killing people in this, I'm going to spoil it because who cares, is, um, he gets headaches from the, uh, there's chirping insects or whatever that come around every 15 years or whatever, and it chirps and it makes his metal plate from the war or whatever go <laughs> ape shit in his head. And then also loud music or whatever people are playing, and it goes crazy and starts killing people again after 15 years. And it's just like this big, doofy dude that, you know, lumbers around, which I guess that's kind of a slasher trope. But, like, you could, you know, you could crawl on your hands and knees and get away from this guy. But he, you know, he... He literally is killing people by casting his, like, fish hooks or whatever. There's a couple, there is a, now because this is the uncut version, there's a little bit of gore in here. There's a couple of cool scenes towards the end with, you know, a big hook through someone's chin. And he, like, literally, like, he's treating the, his victims as, like, dead fish. So, like, he has this line under his dock where he has, like, how you run fish through this line. So there's a bunch of fish on a whole line. Yeah. There. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he has a couple and like all like the corpses themselves are so duh, like dumb looking that it looks like they're aliens. Like, like you're, I suppose they're supposed to be decomposing corpses, but they look like, you know, kind of chubby aliens from outer space. So that was kind of funny. Um, there's a girl in it that has a kid. And she kind of sort of has a relationship with two guys. And it's the worst mother of all time in a movie because she just, she likes to exercise. So she'll just go on jogs and let her one-year-old play by the water or by the kid, you know, kids outside by himself. I'm like, I'm just waiting for Pet cemetery action to happen in this movie. Like a big semi to just plow over this little kid. Just complete incompetence from start to finish. And I, I don't ever want to hear the word musky again. I... I <laughs> I don't want to hear that word. I don't want to know that fish because fuck muskies. I th- and I think too, this is on a lake, right? I, I, I could be totally wrong because I'm not. Oh not yes, it's I'm, on a lake. I'm pretty sure that muskies are a river fish. Oh, oh. <laughs> I could I oh. could be totally wrong. I'll look. And it there's up. a lot of shenanigans with there's a big contest, and so like one scene there's like they're weighing muskies, and then it turns out that one of the muskies um, that this guy was cheating and putting like metal piping in the muskie's mouth to weigh the, make the fish go, like, weigh more so that he would win. I'm like, who cares? Why are we, why are we watching this? Like, this is about a serial killer or whatever that has a headache that kills people. And instead I'm watching musky shenanigans at the, uh, of course the movie, I knew what I was in for as soon as the movie started. Lloyd Kaufman and I'm like, here we go. I forgot about that. And I watched it on YouTube. Why didn't I remember that? This was that. Because it was shit. Uh, yeah. Muskie can be found in lakes and rivers. Okay. My no. Bad. I've just always so. seen them pulled out of rivers. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that would have been really funny, though. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, I'm going to keep it for sure because it's it looks great. The quality is just stunning. <laughs> the quality is just stunning. The, I mean, the video may look good, but the movie quality is... Uh, 
Yeah, I think the first time was zero stars. This time I gave it one and a half because the quality was quite well. Quite On well its way up. Yep. <laughs> okay, back to you. Okay. Let's start with a couple of shark movies. Why don't we? This one has been on my to-review list since I watched it in, I don't know, February or March. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been that that long. 47 Meters Down from 2017. Two sisters vacationing in Mexico are trapped in a shark cage at the bottom of the ocean with less than an hour of oxygen left and great white sharks circling nearby. They must fight to survive. Excuse me, I'm all stuffed up over here. Mandy Moore, Claire Holt, Matthew Modine. Okay, let's get all the positives out of the way. The acting was fine. The special effects were fine. It was shot fine. That's that's it. Okay, uh, now let's talk about how I feel about this movie. It's bullshit. This movie sucked, and I didn't like it, and it made me angry, especially about the halfway mark where they kept... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for this movie. If you haven't seen it, 47 meters down, we're going to spoil it. You've seen this, right? I have, yes. So right at the beginning, they're talking about... Oh, boy, I can't even remember exactly how it went now, but they were talking about something with your mix of air or something. If that's off, then you'll hallucinate, and it's, you know, not good. They focused on that way too much, so foreshadowing. Gee, I wonder if they're going to be hallucinating at all. Then they get trapped in the cage, then they got to swim far away to get one of the other tanks or something, and then they are working their way back, and then the sharks attack again, and at this point, her her mix is off, and you know it's off, and then the movie goes on for, like, what felt like another 45 minutes of things happening, and girls swimming towards her, and rescue attempts, and sharks attacking, and then you get to the end, and no, it was all hallucination. The whole entire, like, second half of the movie was a hallucination because of her bad mixture. It was like, yeah, I, I knew that. Because you said that was that was going to happen. And it happened. And I am not a fan of these types of things, sir. <laughs> so, no thank you. One and done. If you're going to make a shark movie, make it fun or make it scary. There isn't much room for middle ground. This, this mediocre thrillery stuff where it's not even really happening. I feel like I just wasted my time. Yeah. Did you watch The Shallows? Yeah. With Blake Lively? Yeah, that was yeah, a good movie. Yeah, that was okay. Lively. Yeah, not bad. And next up, I just watched this one last night, and we both have spent plenty of time shitting on this movie, even though we haven't seen it, because of a story that came out before it was released. The Meg, uh, from John Turtletaub. After escaping an attack by what he claims was a 70-foot shark, Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. Starring Jason Statham, Bing Bing Lee, Rain Wilson. Uh, who else is in this thing? Ruby Rose. Paige Kennedy. Uh, anyway. Okay. Now, my expectations for this movie were very low. Even my buddy Dave hooked me up with the voodoo. He was like, dude, that movie rocks. It's like, okay, we'll see. And we, because it's PG-13, and because there was a story that came out about the time the movie came out from where John Turtletop said he wanted to make a extremely gory, hard R movie, and in the end they wouldn't let him, and they had to cut it down to PG-13. Now having, and we both were like, well, then fuck this movie. Now, having watched the movie, I have a different perspective on it. I think John Turtletop's full of shit. I think he knew exactly what he, he was, I mean, I think when you're making a shark movie like this, 
I think from the beginning you're going to be you're you're going to have determined whether or not it's going to be an extremely hard R gore fest or a PG thirteen movie. I don't think that's the kind of thing they spring on you in the editing room. Especially, I don't know. I just and, and watching the movie, I I just don't see where all this gore would be happening. The sharks are so big that you just go in the mouth. I mean, maybe there could be a couple of gory bits where there's a leg hanging off a tooth or something. But I just don't see the opportunity. For, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have a gory cut of this movie, but I just don't see where what he's talking about, where there would be so much gore. Maybe if you want to go like the Piranha 3D route, where you have a bunch of people getting out of the water and you see all of the ones that just got grazed and just got their limbs cut off or, you know, and you can mm-hmm. do that, but that doesn't have a lot of effect on me. It's just sort of like, oh, that's gross. And you move on. It's not like a, that cool of a gore th- factor, you know, in my opinion. Uh, so that being said, I, I enjoyed this movie. Is it a piece of crap? Yeah, kind of a little bit, but again, it has, it knows what it's trying to be in the same way. Again, fast and furious stuff. It's, fine. It was harmless. I enjoyed it. I mean, the worst part about it is actually some of the dialogue and character motivations from some of the people is just stupid. And it's the side characters, not the main ones. Like, Statham's great, as always. Rain Wilson's weird. He's a billionaire. But then, man, he makes some really dumb choices that you're just like, okay, I guess. Uh, Paige Kennedy is, uh, he's a researcher or a technician or something on this research station that's in the middle of the frickin' ocean, and he can't swim. Like, at one point, the boat dumps over, and he's in the water, and he's freaking out, I can't swim. What? Like, you're in the middle of the ocean. I That's so stupid. And it was played for laughs, but there's your national treasure humor coming through with John uh-huh. Turtletub. Like, no, that's stupid, and, and kind of racist, too. No, oh, the black guy can't swim. Ah, I did not... I didn't laugh at that at all. Uh, what else? I not much else to say about the movie. It's uh, it's in my voodoo if you want to check it out. I think it's totally worth a watch. It's kind of I think you could probably watch it with the wife. It's it's mm. not scary, and and it had some really cool special effects shots. The sharks, I was going to ask how the effects were. Yeah, they, especially with the submarines and stuff in the beginning, that looks pretty really good. I mean, you could tell it's CGI, obviously, but again, the best way I can describe this movie is you take all of those sci-fi channel movies of monster movies and whatnot, and like they. You want those movies to be good? Sharktopus versus... Well, you know, you want to see an octopus fight a giant shark. That'd be great. And then you go watch it, and it's just an utter piece of garbage. This is the way those movies should be. They look decent. They're re- they still have that ridiculous factor of Sci-Fi Channel original. But it's totally enjoyable stuff that we would watch at the Miller Boys on a Saturday morning with a, a little Kahlua in the coffee. And yeah, I it, I was surprised to come out with that review. I expected to hate this movie from the uh, reviews and people we've talked to online. How, what's the runtime on that? Uh, let me see. Uh. Hour 53, but I was never bored. I, I It took me a couple watchings because I had like two and a half hours of sleep the other night. So I passed out at like yeah. 10 o'clock last night. Wouldn't have mattered what was on. I was dead. Uh, but I, I give it a, a, a good bad thumbs up, if you know what I mean. And I think that you would... Just shrug like, ah, okay. I liked the way it ended, too. That was another thing. I wasn't quite sure how they were going to end it, and they went for it and embraced the silliness, and it was badass. I liked the way it ended. 
Do you think they're going to, because that was a hit, do you think they're going to oh, go yeah. for oh, a yeah. there's, there's, sequel? They're making another one. Absolutely. Okay. Well, good. Good. Yeah. I'll, it's, like you said, we had shit on that movie, so it's nice to hear that it was a fun little movie, I guess. Yeah, just, it was okay. Harmless is the best I can go with. Okay. If you have to uh, appre- be able to appreciate good bad, though, a lot of people don't. They they have no tolerance for good bad. So yeah. if you don't have a tolerance for good bad, then avoid at all costs. But for me, yeah, I, I was entertained. Good, excellent. Yep, yeah, I'll. That's definitely one that I'll watch. Probably with the wife after the holidays. Once the once the Christmas movies are all done. Hey, it's mm-hmm. on my voodoo, sir. You can watch it for free. Excellent, excellent. Okay, all done. Yeah, back to you. Okay, so uh, I'm going to talk about uh, briefly about my uh, the movie that I went to the theater to watch last night, and that is Peter Jackson's documentary "They Shall Not Grow Old." This was a I don't believe it's a one night only. I think it's it was it's playing various theaters uh, on another date as well. So there's two nights. So I I picked yesterday mainly because it was in uh, at a theater that was relatively close to me, up towards Akron area. So I chose. I also chose the the uh, 3D version mainly because. Good God! I mean, I can't even concentrate on my know, review because of your dogs. <laughs> I don't know what the f- she just came home. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so loud. It's it's so loud. okay. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get the little one in here. Then that should stop it or help. Okay. Okay. But but carry on. Okay. Uh, so they shall not grow old. So I uh, I chose the 3D version primarily because Peter Jackson is is so good at these new filming techniques or or restoration techniques or whatever that I wanted to see what this would look like in 3D. Uh, the our theater was nearly sold out. It was in a smaller theater. Which was fine. Uh, what really impressed me as uh, about this right from the get go is, I'm like, okay, so it's gonna start at four o'clock. I got my 3D glasses here. I'm like, I'm gonna have to sit through 25 minutes or 30 minutes of trailers and blah 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 of shit that I don't want to see until we finally get to the movie. I mean, the lights dim and on comes Peter Jackson and gives about a three to four minute introduction to the movie and just talking just briefly about what he set out to do and then he also says after the movie he's like as a special thing for the theater goers after the credits we're going to have a nearly 30 minute making of on how we really went about making this movie uh, putting it together and then fade out and then the movie started and I was so so impressed with that that they that they showed reverence for what this movie is and didn't inundate you with all sorts of Coca-Cola product advertisements and all these movies that, like I said, I'm not interested in. It just, the movie started and I loved that. I really, really appreciated that. So the movie starts and uh, I'm I'm just briefly here going to cover what the movie is about. Uh, Basically, this is old historical World War I footage that Peter Jackson and his company somehow fixed up and added sound effects and... uh, I didn't stay for the 30-minute documentary or the making of after the credits. I wanted to get out of there and get home. So I didn't get to see that, but eventually I will see that on Blu-ray, I'm hoping. But 
I, I was completely floored by what I saw. We're talking like a hundred year old footage that was colorized and frame rates were made to be accurate for modern times and 3D that like had depth. Obviously this is not the type of 3D that is jumping out of the screen at you, but this is a depth of field type of thing, but very bright. So it wasn't like this dim image. I cannot recommend this movie enough. This, if this does not win Best Documentary of the Year at the Oscars, then, well, there's always something wrong with the Oscars. I was going to say something should, something's wrong, but this should win Best Documentary hands down. It is so good. They don't, they don't delve too much into why there was a world war. It's more of the Germans are, you know, the Germans are doing this. So basically we are going to war and, and here is how, here's how it went down. So the first, I'd say 15 minutes of the movie at least was like, a four by three screen in the middle of our, our big movie theater screen, a black and white footage of what's going on, like people getting recruited, people lying about their age. The entire documentary, all hour and 40 minutes of it is, uh, is audio clips from soldiers that were in the war that they have strung together a coherent, uh, documentary with all of these sound bites from the veterans from the world, from world war one. And they've done it in a way that it literally, it, Okay, here's the beginning. Here's when we were 16 years old, lying and saying we were 19 to get, you know, to be drafted. Uh, and then from there, we go into, uh, good Lord. <laughs> from there, then we go into boot camp and how boot camp was, how food rations were, how the dress attire was. And when we finally get to the battlefield, that's when our little tiny black and white screen in the middle of the screen opened up to fill the entire screen. And then it turned like full color 3d. It was incredible. It was incredible to watch a historical artifact like this brought back to life and to make it feel like you were almost there. Like you're walking with these soldiers through these trenches and the stores. I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea that, I mean, I knew that, Obviously, in a war such as this, that shit gets really bad, but shit got really, really bad. How does Just it, because, I mean, were you reminded of the Vietnam War doc that we watched? Did it compare to that at all? Um, yes, yeah. I mean, that is like the definitive, like, that was, that's such a great documentary. This one here, it was all encompassed, like, down to an hour and 40 minutes, and it mainly, it just dealt with the soldiers and what they had to deal with, and it just, Boom, 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 and then the war ended, um, and then they came. Then they came home, and then the screen goes black and white and small, like the four by three center of the screen in the very end. But it's a masterclass of cinema. I, I was completely blown away by it. Comple- I mean, the the sound effects are so good and just earth shattering loud when these cannons are going off, and I'm like, this, this, I'm watching real shit here. This really, this is re-. now the sound effects. The, I guess Peter Jackson like. He went and got the actual, like, the actual cannons that were used, and, like, some of the sound effects, a lot of the sound effects are from the, from items that were used in the, in World War One, and he just recreated those sound effects, but, dude, right. it's, like, it was hardcore, like, graphic, too. Lots of dead bodies, and, um, it's nuts. It, it was crazy how that went down, and I, I urge anybody out there that is interested in this to try to watch the next uh, showing whenever it, it's coming out. I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure when the next when the next day of showings is, but if not, then at least try to pick up the Blu-ray when it comes out because it's fantastic. 
So there you go. Awesome. My highest recommendation. Um, okay. And uh, so we're doing what? One more review each? Uh, I mean, yeah, you got one more on this lap. Okay. Uh, bear with me here. No, I'm not going to. Why are you interrupting the show to deal with... <laughs> I would never do such a thing. No, of course not. <laughs> As dog barks and bark. oh, They're going to bark I mean, again, I'm just telling you. Good lord, I mean, it's... Oh, there, what? There goes my... Hero? <laughs> oh, my boys and my wife are... They're just leaving, but bye. Okay, I think we got a title. <laughs> There they go. I guess in the, nice ca- in the car or no? What? They're just walking away. I'm like, it's getting dark. I worry. I'll focus, Eugene. Yeah, focus. it's it's, okay. war- it's warmer out today, and my neighbor was like, "Hey, we're outside while we were recording." Yeah. I was like, "No, nah, my kids are sleeping." So, <sighs> okay. Um, Black Christmas, the original. I I I want to talk about at least. Uh, this is going to be my good reviews. This round is my. My not reviewing shit movies. This is me reviewing this, this good is your, movies. This is your last review of this round. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Black Christmas from 1974. Uh, this is the first year that I I officially like the original better than the remake. And I, I love... What? Oh, yeah, dude. Hold I the love phone. the remake. Wow. I love the remake so much for all of its trashy slasher goodness. But this movie is so unnerving and creepy. And the more I watch it, the more I like it. The more I... Here's the thing. I think... I'm not even sure if I had watched the original Black Christmas... Well, now Uh, i got to keep it in. (laughs) I'm not even sure if I watched the first Black Christmas before I watched the remake. So, when I watched the the Black Christmas remake, I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, gory slasher movie, and it's great. And I I rewatched that one again, and I loved it. But the more I watched this original, the more it... Set the, I know that a lot of people think that Halloween set the stage for the slasher movies, but I'll tell you what, this, I would say that Black Christmas did. Uh, it's so unnerving and creepy, and every time I watch it, I think I, it scares me more. Just, it's an unseen killer, and the atmosphere is perfect. M- much like the Black Christmas remake, those, both of these movies get the Christmas holiday season perfect. I, I feel like I'm watching a legit Christmas movie with both of these. Very different styles because the remake is very bright and almost a cheery family movie type affair feeling. This is dark and grim and cold as hell. And, oh, um, the, what, what this movie does with, with the lack of gore, but to make it so creepy as a slasher movie is the phone calls that Billy is making to these college girls. Uh, they're very, very harsh, almost in a exorcist sort of way with the, the off-putting strong language that Reagan does. In hey, wait, the wait, 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 hold, hold up a sec. I, 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 I don't, sorry to interrupt, but I've only seen the remake. I haven't seen the original. So oh. uh, how, I don't know about spoilers or comparison. Are we, are, is it, are they very close? Is the remake very true to the original or no? Well, see, Unlike Silent Night, Deadly Night remake, which is just shits on the original. I mean, it's nothing like the original. The Black Christmas remake, it's almost like the the Black Christmas remake took parts from the original Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night and kind of just 
combine them, and it, it totally works. But the groundwork is still there, as in Billy is stalking girls in this in this sorority house. Now, the remake completely goes all out with his backstory and everything, whereas the original, you get hints of his backstory with the phone calls that Billy makes to the girls in the house. If you listen closely, you can kind of piece together why he's crazy. And in the remake, they really, they well, you've seen it. They go all out to explain his yeah. history and all that. But, you know, there's the alcoholic bitchy girl in the, uh, which is Mario Kidder in the original. And uh, we have the alcoholic bitchy girl in the remake. And it like, so they're similar characters and they're great. I love the characters in both. I think that I would probably pick the, I hate to say this, but I would probably pick the characters from the remake. I love that cast of characters in the remake because they're bitchy, but I like that. Like they're likable, bitchy characters in the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something about that grim, cold weather feel of that original, it, dude, it is so damn good and creepy as shit. Uh, <laughs> especially the very, very end, end credits. I don't want to spoil because if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it. But how they handle the end credits of the original is wonderful and just just haunting versus the remake that is very gory and almost comical. And I totally adore that ending. This is just a double header that I will watch every single year, much like Silent Deadly Night Part One, and now probably Part Two again because it's on Blu-ray. So my highest recommendation for the original Black Christmas, and for those that don't mind. A uh, really gory horror slasher. Uh, the the remake is just just tops. I love those movies this time of year. I there don't you go. Disagree. Okay, last round for me, and then we'll do coming soon and wrap up. Okay. And I'm kind of going to review four movies at the same time. Are you ready for that? Yep. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, the newest releases that just hit Netflix. First up was Lords of the Deep, which I've reviewed on the show before. I just watched mm-hmm. that legitimately, and then this Mystery Science Theater set popped up, and it was in there, so I watched it again. Uh, Killer Fish from 1979. Jewel Thieves Attempt to Recover Treasure from Piranha-Infested Waters. Oh, I've got that Blu-ray. That's a good movie. Yeah, with... Uh, Lee Majors. <laughs> Lee Majors and Karen Black. Yep. And next up, Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. When Evil Screams Throughout the World. When all the galaxies converge, when all that's fair and fine seems lost, a hero will emerge? Ooh, that's kind of a nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Wizards of the Lost Kingdom 2! <laughs> three, three kingdoms have been overtaken by three evil lords, and only Tyor, a teenage boy with magical powers, can restore peace to the land with the help of a bumbling elder wizard, uh, elder, wizard, and a hero. I'm not going to... Good enough. Okay, so... uh, Lords of the Deep was enjoyable. I enjoyed that. That was cool. Killer Fish, same. And same with, you know, Wizards of the Lost Kingdom 1 and 2. They were both... All four of them were good. But I'm starting to see a pattern here with the new Mystery Science Theater. And maybe it's because I'm old Mystery Science Theater guy. And the new guy, you know, it, it's hard to adjust to what you're not used to when you're, when you've seen literally, I, I want to say hundreds, but maybe it's not been that much, but uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of mystery science theater with Joel and with Mike. Mm-hmm. There was even a transition between those two. But the one thing I feel like the new one is doing that the old ones did not 
they're it almost feels like they're trying too hard. It's mm. like they they I'm I, I hesitate to even knock them or lay down this criticism, but I feel obligated to point it out. The old ones they would they would let you breathe in between the jokes, you know. They, it, mm-hmm. And and they would most of the time they would be short jokes, whereas here it's like. It's like they're they never shut up, and it's it's like guys take a breath, or the joke that they're laying out is is a paragraph long, and it's like it, it, it that would make sense in the old ones when you had a long underwater swimming scene or something, and there was absolutely nothing going on. Feel free to talk as much as you want, but when you're talking and you're talking over the people in the movie talking for this long like three sentence joke, that's okay. They're worth a chuckle. It's like you, you're trying way too hard. And I feel like they need to pull back a little bit. And instead of throwing out every little chuckle joke, go for a more gold punchline instead of, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's, yeah, it does. Yep. It's just, they're just, it's too little too much. But uh, th- this has been my falling asleep material for the last week or two it's the last thing i put on at night and then i doze off and then the next day i gotta go find where i left off and keep going but the i i've i give it a thumbs up i've been enjoying all of it i really like the movies they're picking these wizards of the lost kingdom movies holy shit dude pretty bad <laughs> uh, oh they're bad but perfect mystery science theater stuff it's, it's hilarious uh another thing that I, I know the old mystery science theater didn't do and the new ones not doing either but i wish that they would they're never going to do it, but I wish that they would just be a little more R rated. Mm-hmm. They're, they're often just too PG or they go for the darn heck thing. It's like, or they cut out a uh, part of a movie where there's nudity or, yeah, or, they still do such, that. I, well, I didn't see anything Okay. or language even. It's, yeah. it's like they're picking PG and PG 13 movies. I wish they would, Go for it. Pick some R-rated movies and and let them have it, because there's plenty that you could make fun of. And especially since you're getting dumped on Netflix, you're not being broadcast on Network or Sci-Fi Channel or whatever. Just go for it. But eh, maybe someday. I'm sure they want to... Joel wants to preserve the family nature of the show. Which it is. Yeah, it has that. But still, most of the times, the jokes are such deep pulls from old cinema that it's like... Sometimes they're over my head, let alone my kids, you know, at that, at that point, it's, what are we, you're doing this for the kids? What kid? The kid that's a cinephile that gets your Citizen Kane reference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they, they did that for the first, the first iteration of Mystery Science Theater. There was a lot of jokes that even went over my head. I'm like, I don't even know what people you're talking about. That sounds like, you know, classic cinema stuff. Yeah. And I haven't even finished watching all of the first season. I went back and checked. I was like, oh, I never got around to finishing that. So I've got plenty of mystery science theater in my future. And sometime in a future episode, we need to do, uh, uh, we need to do another lightning round because I've got stockpiles of VHS that require very, very, very little attention or detail. And we should just buzz through those. But I'm hoping that next episode next week will be our commentary. Ooh, I need to get on that. Okay. I need to get on that. <laughs> yeah, you do. On... I'm hoping that that'll be next week. Uh, obviously, okay. we're not going to be recording on Monday or Tuesday. Hard to kill, uh, right? But I should have some time off later in the week, I'm hoping. And uh, 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there, we could maybe get that done. So we're, we're going hard to kill? I don't know. Whatever it is in the... 
I don't know. We can talk about it later. Um, no, I need to know what to buy. <laughs> huh? No, I, I, I understand. Oh, I guess I should, so we can tell the audience what to go buy, too. I think it's Hard to Kill. It's a Steven Seagal thing. It's posted in the... I don't want to mix up the names. They're so interchangeable with him, you know? Yeah. Hard target, hard to kill, hard dick in your mouth. <laughs> oh, there we go. 651. All right. Hard to kill. That's the one? Okay. Okay. One. So I need to get on that shit then. Okay. All right. There you go, friends. Dig up hard to kill in whatever form you got it, VHS, DVD, or... Swing by somewhere and pick it up on Blu-ray for $2. <laughs> Which will be how I get it. <laughs> You're getting it shipped? Hope it's here in time. I Christmas. know. Well, I'll figure something out. All right. I'm sure you can probably pick it up at the exchange or something. Yeah. No, oh, no, nothing. I was going to yap about something stupid. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say in that I, I show up in there like there's only one copy and it's like $25. That would, that would be my luck. <laughs> then I'd buy it. <laughs> and then we watch it the whole time. You'd just be angry at me. Why'd you oh, pick this movie? Furious. <laughs> oh, he's got a ponytail though in the cover art of the Blu-ray though. Oh, I mean, it's pulled back tight. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. Oh, it's a movie. I'm tempted to even give it another watch before we do the thing. It's so good. Oof. But the jokes, I watched it by myself and the jokes were flowing so fast. I was just like, oh, this is... This guy, this going on the list, so. Yep. Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> a staple of the 90s? Was she maybe? Okay, we're, let's, uh, we'll. What, we'll. We'll get into all those jokes very soon. Uh, yeah. Next week, hopefully, but if not, uh, very soon, very soon. Okay, coming soon, sir. Uh, so I've got a uh, some more vinegar syndrome stuff. There's always vinegar syndrome stuff in my life now. It's just that they've become a part of my Oh, that 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 Black Friday sale not not so Dude, not paying it, off so much. Oh man, it 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 raped me like <laughs> hardcore. Uh, so I, I'm getting these. Uh, it's five for five or something like that. Five movies in five years because they, they have their they had their five year anniversary. So each Blu-ray has five movies that, yeah, yeah varying quality, I'm sure. But uh, and each each disc has like a different genre. So there's <laughs> there's. Uh, Oh, there's exploitation slash horror, and there's, I think, action exploitation, whatever, and then there's, uh, smut. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, and I, I'm pretty sure that one of the movies is like a, a Christian movie from the 70s that's like a wilderness adventure thing that supposedly is like just hysterical. Uh, it's about this boy and there's a bear, maybe a grizzly bear or something. And I'm like, oh, cry wilderness. It's called cry wilderness. I'm like, I can't wait to watch that. Uh, so there's that. And, um, yeah, that's man. I'll tell you what, it's gift. that keeps on giving. <laughs> I say, I said it before and I'll say it again. I just, there's like, every time I think I'm caught up, I, it's just, Stacks, dude. Then, and of course, I'm saving Silent Night, Deadly Night parts one and two for probably Christmas Eve or close to it. Uh, so that's gonna happen. But I've reviewed those movies before, so I probably won't hit on those too much. But I'm gonna watch them again. Uh, yeah, it might be a Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, year for me as well. I, maybe even uh, Die Hard. Think about showing that to the kid. 
I told her, ah, I want to show that to you, but man, they say the F word a whole lot. And she's like, you know, I'm in middle school, right? Yeah, every every day is diehard for her, as far as the <laughs> F-bombs go. I got some more voodoo codes for my buddy Dave. Uh, Rampage, I'm going to watch. Unrated Death Race 4, sir. Uh, un- Ooh, the unrated I'm... and unhinged. Yeah. Mm, do I rewatch it this soon? Probably not, but uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Murder on the Orient Express at some point. Blood Ties with Clive Owen and Billy Crudup. Crudup? Is that how you say his name? Thanks, thanks for responding. Uh, Dom oh, Hedding, yes. Hemingway yes, with Jude sure, Law. Sure. <laughs> Cloud Atlas. I've been wanting to rewatch that one. I haven't seen it since the Good theater. Movie. And a stockpile of VHS movies that I'm freaking drowning in. It's also that time of the year when I finally get around to buying media. I know I say that every year, but and this year it's kind of a joke because I've been buying media, but it's been VHS. It's a little different when you're getting them 10 for a buck. But this is the time of year when I hit up after I get after I get my Christmas bonus. That's yeah. that's when uh-huh. I start hitting up the family videos and the exchange stores and I got a stack of shit here to trade in. So I'm going to be getting some uh some new video games and some Blu-rays and just uh cleaning out all the local haunts. And then I put like, you know, 20 or 30 Blu-rays on the stack after, you know, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And and for the most part, there they sit because I'm busy watching stupid VHS movies that, that I review on the show and I, and I give them, let's see, I give them, I guess, one second per penny because I spend about 10 seconds on them in the lightning round. So it, it all works out. Yeah. It's all symmetrical. I'm, yeah, I'm due for another lightning round myself. I've got so much that I need to just plow through quickly. Yeah, we'll do that soon. And if and who knows, maybe the hard to kill commentary goes sideways and we're bored. Then we can just start doing that. I'm on eBay right now, trying to find a copy. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to spend ten dollars on you. Like, uh, but I'm, check check the stores before you do that. Yeah, you got okay. two exchanges yeah. like very close to you. I, I, yeah. I'd go check them there first. Ah, uh, but I gotta drive there uh, and talk to people. <laughs> Yeah. You gotta explain, explain to them why you're looking for hard to kill on Blu-ray. I know, it's getting awkward, and like, it's for a podcast with a couple dudes, and they're like, yeah, but I'll do it. <laughs> I would. <laughs> it's, that's better than ten bucks. Yeah. And it, I, I've got, mine's DVD, so, I, yeah, do you have to go HD on this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's officially on you. <laughs> If I actually, if I find a really good cheap copy on DVD, then I'll consider it. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I like the oh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you could see his face, that that maybe right there was a not a chance in hell. <laughs> I have to look good on my HDTV. I want to see his ponytail and high def. You want to see him do ha 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 karate? Yes, and it it's, needs to be an intensity p. Oh, it's hilarious. He's hard, you see. Okay, um, I guess that's it for this episode. I will hopefully see you next week. Merry Christmas. All right. All right. Happy Hanukkah, Ranahana, Kwanzmas, whatever you celebrate. Happy yep. one to you. Yep, garbage day. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye. Bye. <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> listening.
Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.